I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. You didn't get an episode last week. Wasn't for lack of trying. I recorded three that I decided not to release because they didn't even meet my low standards of uh, podcast material. So, tells you a lot about how bad they actually were, at least in my opinion. The 4th of July just passed this past weekend. If you if you weren't aware, you know, some of us weren't celebrating. We were just hanging out, just like we do every weekend. Um, other people, and uh, this is probably the most I've heard this discussed around the 4th of July, were talking about civil war and secessionist movements. Others were accusing Trump of being holding a white nationalist rally at Mount Rushmore. And then there were some patriots out there. Woo, America. So I think we covered all the bases there. I think that's pretty much the news for the week. So, all right, that's it. I'm Tommy Salmons. Wait. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know, I look at these protests and the violent elements, and uh, I was reading an AP story earlier that was published on July 3rd, talking about the violence in Portland and how the black community leaders are, uh, are fed up with it. They want nothing to do with it. And so, if these violent elements that are Antifa, as as the one of the black leaders pointed out, it's like 99% white in a state that's 94% white and only 6% black, or a city... That's 94% white and only 6% black. So if these these white people want to keep hijacking the the, uh, movements, the protests, they're going to lose a lot of the black support because the agendas are different. These... uh, I don't know what to call them, Antifa types, black block, fucking commies, fucking tankies, whatever. Keep putting their nose where it doesn't belong, and they're openly calling for revolution. It's obvious they're not looking to fix the system. They're looking to hijack the system. They're looking to take over the system. As uh, Albert J. Nock and Carl Hess both pointed out, There's never been a revolution. There's been coups. There's been changes of management. Sometimes by violent overthrow. And when I look at the the methods and how the movement swells, it reminds me of how the CIA operates in other, other nations. How they create 
these small cells of insiders that actually know the message to overthrow the government and they coat their message with euphemisms to spread to the masses to create unrest amongst the masses and eventually it leads to an overthrow of of the government so the engineering of this movement whether it's COINTELPRO whether it's the intelligence agencies no matter who's running it who's who's on the inside it's very obvious that they have at least strategically structured the movement around the idea and the methods and the tactics that the CIA uses in other countries in overthrowing other governments. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, so these elements of the protests are being drowned out by these other elements of the protest. So you have civil rights, people that were in the civil rights movement, you have guys that have, uh, that have been holding like, uh, protests since the seventies for different things. Um, sit-ins and all, all that other crap they used to do that are looking at this and saying, look, man, we just want to seat at the table. We're just trying to be heard. You know, we're still fighting for our voices to be recognized and for our, our issues to be taken seriously. And these, these young white kids come in to the protests and start all this violence and try to take over the the movement. And they're calling it just another face of white supremacy. That all they see is the white people on all sides of them. Whether it's the, the coddling maternalistic liberal that wants to care for them. Whether it's the you know, the young Antifa blue-haired college girl who's throwing Molotov cocktails, getting arrested, and then blaming black men on providing her with the, the equipment. Or, or whether it's the system that is locking up a higher percentage of black men than anybody else they're they're looking around and they're like yeah like everything is racist everything is white supremacist they don't want to listen to us no they got to come and get involved and take over because they have to do it for us and so these as as Matt Taibbi wrote these factions within Black Lives Matter that are the Maoists, you know, pretending to be a black liberation movement. These Antifa that are very Maoist. 
in their methods and beliefs. They've hijacked what was a movement just to be, like he said, he wanted a seat at the table. He just wants to be heard. He wants to be understood. They're, they've been dealing with some of these issues for a long, long time in some of these communities. Decades. And they want to be heard. And they don't want these Antifa, Maoist, tanky, fucking crazies getting in their way and causing problems because they're making it harder to communicate. And these people, they don't want to communicate. That isn't their that isn't their concern. They want a change in management. They want to lead. They want to be the authoritarians. They don't they're not anti-authoritarian. They want to be the authoritarians. They want to run things. They want to force their hand upon you. They want to lock you in a gulag for not adhering to their ideology. They don't want a seat at the table. And they're controlling a lot of the conversation when it comes to social media, at least. I can't... I've seen so many people referring to the Trump rally at Mount Rushmore as a white nationalist rally then I'm like what are y'all talking about the the people that are pushing this agenda are screaming about colonialization and the confiscation of land and the domination of the United States government and the evils that the government, the United States government has perpetrated at the, you know, cost of millions of lives um, at entire populations losing their identity and their culture and their personhood in many cases over the years. And their solution to the problem is to violently take over these portions of land, kill millions of people, steal personhood, culture, and identity from millions of people to enforce their ideology on those people. How is it any different? How is it any different? Even if, let's grant you that it was a white nationalist movement. It wasn't a white nationalist rally at Mount Rushmore. I'll grant you that. Just for the sake of argument, I'll grant you that. How is perpetrating an identically evil strategy on 350 million Americans morally superior to 
the white supremacy that has been America, in your opinion. Because you will persecute all people equally? No, Hitler was evil because he killed the Jews. Stalin wasn't so bad because he killed everyone equally. He didn't care. He did kill a lot of Jews, though. And so, this move isn't for equity or equality or some kind of justice. or It's, it's a power grab. And it's very easy... It's, it's transparent in its methods and its speech. <clears throat> when you listen to the average protester out there, vast majority of them, they're talking about justice and they're talking about what they see as a systemic problem. A systemically racist problem in their point of view. And people like that you can have a conversation with. But the people you can't have a conversation with are those that don't see it as something they can protest. They see it as a war that they have to involve themselves in a war that has to go hot that they have to push into violence and for what so that a different group of authoritarians can take the reins of the country because if we we only had the right authoritarians everything would be fine it's just we have the wrong authoritarians and with the right authoritarians, you know, that make it all better. So, as you would suspect, as I've mentioned, many of these black leaders, these community leaders in these black neighborhoods, these black areas, have a problem. With the way things are going. With the methods. And. They see this. Hijacking. As. An intentional. As, as these white people. Intentionally trying. To. Blow up the movement. And to stop it from accomplishing anything. And they may just throw their hands up in the air and say, you know what? We might just have we might just have to deal with the police brutality. They may turn to other avenues, maybe start talking to some libertarians that, you know, have different solutions. And uh you know, maybe it'll help them solve their problems, you know, such as, uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but Pete's interviewed him, the guy uh, in Detroit with Detroit Threat Management. Maybe, you know, they'll reach out to him and try to 
try to have a conversation with him about how to, you know, create more safety in their communities, despite a heavy handed police presence. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, that's probably their best bet. In my opinion, introducing competition into the market is going to solve the problem a lot quicker than trying to get government to reform the system and demilitarize. You know, there's what's that old saying? Nothing's more permanent than a temporary government program. You know, you've had the the police forces going to Israel to train with the IDF. These police unions believe that they're the ones running the streets. And they're the ones who are teaching this warrior-style training and pushing it onto their police officers. Police officers are asked to do way too much. The jobs of, you know, what should be five, six jobs or funneled down into one job and their only method of conflict resolution is to escalate conflict. So when you when you look at it, you're seeing the, the sabotaging of the 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 community leaders the black lives matter movement in the eyes of the vast majority of black people for the ideological purposes of the leaders of the black lives matter movement who are ideologically aligned with the antifa movement And you can't help, I can't help, but wonder, are we on the verge of sectarianism? Are we on the verge of a civil war? Or are we on the verge of secessionist movements and factions within the United States becoming more autonomous and sovereign? Will we see a Pacific state's of America kind of country begin to take shape? Will the Northeast, the New Englanders begin to operate in their own model of government? Will the Midwest, will the South, will these factions begin to really take shape and if so, what will we see happen to the states like uh, Oregon and Washington and California, where these Maoist movements are extremely uh, prominent? Now, leftists don't like this conversation. But neither do conservatives. 
See, conservatives have this idea that we're one nation under God, which was never the intent of this country, which the idea that 350 million people, that 50 states, that a landmass this big can be one nation, that it can exist as one entity, that everyone can be governed the exact same, is just as much of an issue as these communist revolutionaries that want a violent takeover of the government. See, I had very little problem with Chaz or Chop or whatever you want to call it. Very little problem with that. Because they really weren't doing anything to anybody. Not on a systemic level, not on an institutional level. They pretty much just determined we're going to have a fucking flea market. And we're going to turn the entire city into a damn flea market and run out all politicians and authority. And I was kind of like, all right, let's see how that goes. You know, have fun with that. But these protests that are being hijacked, that are being sabotaged by these groups, this is actively trying to perpetuate a revolution, a civil war, and move the country into a stance, a militarized stance against itself. And I don't think these guys have thought it through. I really don't. Because as much as conservatives claim to be for small government and against a heavy-handed government response, they're always willing to adhere to authority. And if the authorities determine that sending a military in, they determine that calling the UN in to have a foreign military help police this, the conservatives would back them because they are more afraid of the chaos that is taking place on the streets than the military policing the streets. They're, they're much more likely to align themselves with a more militarized police and a military presence in the streets to restore what they see as order at the expense of these ideological Americans that believe or have this faith in their ability to be violent. And the thing about these young kids is they've never seen violence. They've never seen real violence. 
what are they doing? They're standing in a group completely unidentifiable and chunking Molotov cocktails. And whenever they get arrested, when they get caught, they blame the black guy. Uh, yeah, these black guys gave me this and told me to throw it. They're attacking inanimate objects. They're attacking property. They're not attacking people for the most part. They're spending a lot of time imagining that destroying these buildings will somehow cause the government to fold. But eventually, the conservatives and even the liberals will begin to beg for a more heavy-handed response from the government. And once that heavy-handed response comes down, it's not going away. It's not going to go away. You think the police have been were militarized before all of this. This is going to lead to more militarization in the minority communities. It's going to lead to more aggression by the police. And these communities that are being devastated by coronavirus, by the economy failing, are going to be experiencing even more devastation by a more heavy-handed approach to policing their streets. Now, this is something I've always had an issue with with the Antifa movement. I know people that are aligned with Antifa, and I've told them this before, that a bunch of upper-middle-class white kids going into poor black areas and causing riots are not helping the black community. They're actually victimizing the black community by creating a heavier police presence and that more black people will die because of their acts in these in the black communities. And they just kind of shrug. They don't care because it's not about justice. It's about them getting control. If any of these people actually did care about the humanity of the people that were on the front lines of the protests and that were expressing their grievances and that were so frustrated and that maybe mistakenly got violent in times of high emotion, But they've gone in there and, again, they're sabotaging the ideas that they're claiming to stand by. And with the 
conservatives and liberals alike asking for the more militarization, the, the entrance of the National Guard, the mobilization of the military into these communities. It's just a disaster waiting to happen. It won't be long before this, the police violence that we've seen up to this point against the protesters is child's play. It won't be long before those rubber bullets are no longer rubber. It won't be long before that occasional tear gassing is a nightly occurrence in every city around the country, at least every city that is continuing to experience these protests and these these rioters. And these actors don't care because they think that the ends justifies the means. They have no strategic idea of how best to move forward. All they want to do is violently overthrow the government and take it over for their own ideological purposes. And that's a big mistake. Because I don't think this ends the way they think it ends. Even when you had a peaceful secessionist movement in the 1800s, it turned into one of the bloodiest wars in, a, in the history of mankind, the American Civil War. And so, to strategically move away from the system as it is set up could still potentially lead to an armed conflict. But to think that you're going to batter, take a battering ram and smash through this system... in the ways that you're approaching it is completely naive. And it's going to cause a lot more suffering than you could imagine. Not to mention if by some fucking freak occurrence these little fucking LARPing Maoist whatever <laughs> do somehow succeed in overthrowing the government and get control of the government, the suffering that that will lead to and the blowback that that will cause 
which is something that they do not take into consideration at all. So, thanks for bearing with me and dealing with a silent week last week. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. That's all I got for this. It was just something that was on my mind after 4th of July and seeing all the all the talking going on. And I just find it completely ironic, the points of view that many of these people are taking and the strategies that are being implemented. But I'm Tommy Salmons. Late. <laughs>